There it is, a green button. I'm glad I'm here and uh, glad you're here this morning. God bless you for being here. Yeah, we're doing everything right so far. Uh, I want you to feel comfortable. Uh, I want to feel comfortable. It's very uncomfortable right now, uh, for me anyway. Uh, I think I want to say that about two years ago, Debbie and I came back to this church after being away forever and ever and ever. And uh, it was really neat to see what had taken place. Like this, uh, what do y'all call this? Sanctuary? Auditorium? Something like that. <coughs> and uh, that's what I envisioned once upon a time was this corner right here will be the place that we'll build our sanctuary or whatever. And uh, to see it done, uh, man, it was just so cool. And especially last night to see and hear uh, from the other guys, the other pastors, and uh, getting to see your faces and uh, get to know some of y'all. Uh, seen some of y'all uh, at, at prior trips here. But just that this church has uh, continued on, and like Keith has said, it's... Uh, it's because of uh, God's faithfulness, but it's also because of your faithfulness. It's because of other people's faithfulness and other people's desires and call to, to, to continue on. Uh, came close to closing these doors from, uh, from time to time, perhaps. And uh, those difficult times, uh, Debbie and I had already left. Uh, we left in 2001 and went to Florida. And... Uh, found ourselves back in Texas in a year and a half, and we've been in Texas ever since. So uh, thank you all for continuing on. What I do right now is, uh, Debbie and I live in what's considered West Texas. To get to our home, and we'll be there this evening, Lord willing, uh, you'd go to Abilene and take a right on the interstate and go all the way to Big Spring. And that's the little town that we live in. There's about 25,000 people that live there. It is oil, industry, uh, almost 100%. Uh, there's, uh, there's people in the oil industry that uh, are hard to reach and uh, don't want to be reached, just uh, trying to make a living and trying to get rich and doing all kinds of things, a lot of... A lot of bad things probably going on as well in their lives and and we're there and we I took a pastorate of a church there five years ago in December and uh, I said a little bit about this last night but it was a dying church just about dead and they hired me to uh, see if we could uh, pump some new life back into this church we sold the building, we relocated, we changed our name. We do a lot of things uh, different than they'd ever done before. And uh, we're having a great time doing what we do each and every weekend. Uh, I'm surrounded by some good godly men. And they're faithful and they're supportive. And that means so much. So uh, that's what we do. And I'll be going back to that this afternoon. And I want to say that uh, it's a joy to be here. We're honored to be here. There was so much that, you know, you, you leave out and 
unintentionally. And uh, Debbie said, you need to tell them something about our kids. That are We had children that were here in, in 1996, in 97, in 98, and so on. And uh, how they ran out here, you know, outside and played in the trees and made a lot of noise. And, and how people came and we met in just that little half section of that room over there. That was our whole church building, and uh, we didn't know any better, and it was fun, and and uh, and, and y'all, the church persevered, and uh, went through hard times and saw glorious times. Praise the Lord for all of that, Amen. Praise the Lord for His goodness to us. Some of y'all are not going to recognize this, and uh, I contemplated on my way sitting sitting out there just a few moments ago. Should I say anything about this or not? And I decided I will. My sermon this morning is from Hebrews chapter number 3. So you're invited to open your Bible to Hebrews chapter number 3. And what you're going to see this morning is, I hope and pray, and this is what I wanted to say about this, is... In the songs, in the Sunday school lesson, so many of the things alluded to what we're going to look at this morning. And brothers and sisters, that's no coincidence. There is a God in heaven. There is a Holy Spirit who directs the hearts of men to pick out a song, pick out a topic, pick out a message, a sermon that just reinforces that there is a God among us. And uh, what I'm saying is you haven't experienced it like I have already this morning because I know the text. I, I know what I've looked at and, and I know what I've experienced this morning in the way of, of songs and, and our discussion. So all that being said, I hope and pray that uh, you receive a blessing this morning. Uh, we'll be in Hebrews chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Let me read starting there. The Word of God says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confession, our confidence, and our boasting and our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness when your fathers put me God to the test and saw my works for 40 years. 
Therefore I was provoked with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another daily, every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us, just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. The children of Israel, upon uh, leaving Egypt, led by Moses, the years of bondry, of bondage and slavery, uh, oppression is over. They lived it from generation to generation. And uh, God calls Moses to go, go to Pharaoh. Uh, God, Moses meets God in Exodus chapter number 3 at the bush that's burned and not consumed. And Moses goes to investigate. I have to see what this is. And God said, take off your shoes. The place where you stand is holy ground. And God and Moses had a conversation. A God initiating the conversation and the call on the life of Moses to, here's a task I have for you. Here's a mission. Moses, This, from this moment on, will be your mission to, to go. I'm going to send you to Egypt. I've heard the cries of my people and go. I'll be with you. Moses said what? Can't do that. Got a speech problem. Can't do that. What if they won't believe me? Can't do that. What if, they, what if bad things happen to me? And God has to encourage this man. And he gives him signs and miracles, right? And says, I'll go with you. I'll be with you. You can do this. This is a task I'm calling you to. And I want to relate that to our lives. Starting this church. Keith asked me last night, what prompted you to start a church? 
Why don't you start a church and do these things? I remember being on campus at Bible college going, I know one day I will start a church. I want to start a church. I want to start something new. Had my reasons. Uh, there, there are many, and there's no need to go into that type of thing. But like Moses, uh, and you, believer, for you as well, Moses faithful. Moses having a task to do. I want to break this down all the way to, to husbands and dads being faithful. A task, a mission, a responsibility to be that dad, be that husband, be that godly leader in your home. Got a mission for you, got a task. Uh, you and your bride said uh, once upon a day, once upon a time, uh, I will. I will. I do. All these things that the justice of the peace or the preacher said, it was all about will you. Will you. To the bride, do you. Will you. To the groom, will you take her? Will you do these things? And everybody that's got the ring on their finger said, I will. I promise, I'll do it. Amen? Isn't that right? Isn't that how it works? And now we've got this home, and we've got this responsibility, this thing God's called us to, and it's to stay faithful. It's to stay faithful no matter what kind of hardship comes, no matter what life brings. It's, it's moms and dads be faithful. In the first part of Hebrews chapter number 3, it says there, uh, and I just thought I might stop here and just use this for the entire, my entire time. But look at chapter 3 and verse number 1. It's one of the few places that we're called brothers in the scriptures. Holy brothers, holy brothers, do this. You who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. Verse 2. He was faithful to him who appointed him. Just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus, superior to Moses, superior to the angels. We've already seen that in chapter 1 and chapter 2. Verse 5. Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant. He served God's people like a servant. Like a servant. And the servant sometimes was uh, afraid for his life. Uh, Lord, these people you've given me are about to stone me. And uh, you see, Moses is their pastor in the wilderness, and he's doing what God said to do. And the people are like, we don't like what you're telling us to do. Oh, we're going to end it all today. And Moses goes to God and cries out, these people are about to stone me. I thought you had a good plan. I thought this was going to work. I thought it would be easier than this. And God intervened. And God spoke saved the life of 
Moses when the children rebelled. And they would rebel and rebel and rebel, wouldn't they? Just over and over and over. Moses served God's house as a servant. So when it says there in verse number 1, consider Jesus. And there's things that refer to Jesus, things that show us that, that are worth our time, consideration. But it also says, consider Moses. That's the implication. Consider Moses as well. Contrast Moses to Jesus. Moses served God as a servant. Jesus served God as a son. That this son of God, filled with the spirit of God, living a sinless, perfect life, did what? Laid down his life for his people. He, Jesus, submitted to the Father's will. He, Jesus, in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 3, it says this. He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus. He was faithful to him who appointed him just as Moses was faithful. Moses, Jesus, Jesus faithful all the way to the cross. Moses, faithful for 40 years. Moses, chosen by God to face Pharaoh, to go, to be that man. That God assigned to Moses a task to go. God used this imperfect man. Moses was faithful. Faithful all the way to the end. Christ Jesus, faithful as a son, faithful over God's house, because God's going to build a house for his glory. God's going to build a house, and Moses had a part in that, and now we are privileged to look back at the life of Moses and the children of Israel, how they disobeyed, how God was for, never forsook them, how God provided for them, how God sustained them. And we're to look back at that, and we're to look at Jesus, and we're to see this connection that God is active, and, and God did these things. God walked with Moses, and Moses spoke with God face to face. Jesus, faithful over God's house, as a son. And it says in 6, 6b, Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And what? We are his house. We are his house. Now we are a people. Before we were not a people. But now we are a people. Set apart. 
set apart for the praise of his glory. So consider your calling. Consider your house. Take care, brothers. Chapter 1, verse number 12. Consider your heart. Take care, brothers. The writer of Hebrews, a lot of scholars think uh, it has to be Paul. It's got to be Paul, and here are the reasons why. Other people are not so sure. It really doesn't matter to me. I just know it's in the Bible and uh, supposed to be in the Bible. That's enough for me. So consider, brothers, this from Psalm 91. Today, if you hear his voice, don't be like the people in the wilderness who rebelled when they heard the voice of God. They flat out rebelled when they heard the voice of God, when Moses was given direction from God, the people rebelled. We won't. Not like that. It's too difficult out here. Take care, brothers, Christian brothers, in the church now of the New Testament. Do what? Lest there be in any of you an unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God, just like the people in the wilderness fell away from the living God. Uh, consider this. Consider this, that uh, brothers, Christian brothers, uh, Christian husbands and dads, consider your heart. Don't allow evil as a Christian dad, a Christian husband, don't allow evil to enter into your life. You'll be hardened by it. You'll be corrupted by it. It's called the deceitfulness of sin. The rebels in the wilderness. Who were these rebels? Why, why did they rebel? Verse 16, for who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? Had already seen God's mighty hand ten times? And now we're out. <laughs> Sun's up. Passover came. We're alive. Pharaoh said, Go. Give them everything. Just, they have to go or all dead men, Pharaoh's men said. We'll all be dead men if we don't let them go. And they left and they had an episode at the Red Sea. And Pharaoh's army came to slaughter them all. And God parted the Red Sea and... Uh, children of Israel walked across on dry land <laughs> yeah dry land and how Pharaoh's army would be crushed and drowned 
And on the other side, Moses would sing a song, wouldn't he? How God has gloriously saved his people. What a day. What an experience they had seen with their eyes. Who were those who yet heard and yet rebelled? It was those who left Egypt led by Moses. And he was provoked by them for 40 years. It was those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness. They died in their sins. They died in the wilderness. Not to enter this promised land. Not to enter into God's eternal rest. What the picture of land flowing with milk and honey of Canaan uh, uh, an earthly picture of of uh, of God and his and his blessing a place where he'll benefit and prosper his people and be their God and they'll be my people and how these disobedient were not allowed to enter so here it is children of Israel were on a journey with God and do you see what happened they failed they died in the wilderness we on the other side we have God's complete revelation we understand all things the spirit gives us all understanding. We see God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, sending Jesus to die for the sins of his people. And what have you done with that? What will you do with that? Do people rebel when they hear what Jesus accomplished? So, Consider Jesus. The world needs to consider Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, endured the suffering, laid down his life. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I willingly lay my life down. Don't you know I don't have to go to the cross today? I go to the cross out of obedience to the Father. It must be accomplished my blood must be shed, the innocent for the guilty, the Lamb of God, the sinless, perfect one, this Jesus. It'll be accomplished today, this afternoon. And he'll drink the wrath of God. The wrath of God will be poured out on Jesus on the cross that day. Your sins and mine, suffering for sins. So take care, brothers. Take care, brothers, lest there be in your heart anything evil, any sin that will deceive you. It will lie to you. Sin tricks us. It deceives us. That's the intention of sin. That's the result of sin. It, it's a liar. It tells you things that are not true. Choose this. This looks good. This will make life better. Consider your heart. 
I've been through a lot of this stuff. I told the church last night, and I have a few things to add to that. When Brother Keith asked Brother Keith, why did you leave? And when he emailed me those questions, I was like, all I have to do is tell Keith, eh, I don't want to talk about that. I've experienced these things, how sin comes in and sin deceives you. And when I said last night that I shouldn't have left, clarification, I shouldn't have left when I did. And I really think that's true with all my heart. I left because of sin in my life deceiving me and now God is gracious enough kind enough to allow me to see that and hopefully you'll benefit by that so it goes on in Chapter 4, it says things like this, believer. Let us strive to enter into that rest. It means perseverance, right? It means perseverance. Don't, don't quit in your Christian walk. Don't quit in your Christian life. You, you persevere. You don't quit. Because why? Because Jesus did not avoid the cross. Jesus went to the cross, endured your sin, that you could live a victorious Christian life all the way to your last breath. Not for just a little bit while things are going good, all the way through the bad and all the way through the good. Jesus sees us through. We have a responsibility to strive, to persevere, not to allow sin to get in. Therefore, brothers, chapter 10, verse number 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider to stir up one another to love and good works. 
and so on, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. It's hard to get encouraged when uh, you're forsaking the assembling, right? Therefore, brothers, let us be faithful to the task before us. Do you remember what Paul said to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians? I hope I can find it. He says to them upon his uh, uh, intro to his letter in verse 2, we give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers remembering before our God and Father what your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ for we know brothers loved by God you're loved by God holy brothers loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction let us be faithful to the task that is before us I hope and pray that the Spirit of God can take what I've said this morning and encourage you to persevere. Because they always say, you know, when, when there's one finger pointing out there telling you to persevere, who am I talking to? Talking to me and you. Persevere. Holy brothers, considering Jesus, he's worthy, he's worthy of our preaching, of our faithfulness, of our brotherly love for one another. He's worthy for the, to get up on a Saturday morning at, I saw that Saturday morning, 8.30 Bible study going through Hebrews that y'all have. Wow, most people aren't going to show up to something like that. Somebody in this church said, no, nah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to see who shows up. And uh, we're going to hope and pray men show up. Be taught the word of God. And it's like, can't we find a more convenient time? No, 8.30, Saturday morning. That, that's, what, that's when we're going to do it. Then do it. I guarantee you that my church in Big Spring... We are with y'all. We are, we are with y'all. And I want us from this time on to be sister churches. And I mean that. That we have a small church in Big Spring. We have a new kind of startup church in Big Spring. And Keith, it's peculiar. We've got three Mennonite families 
coming to our church. We've got young people and a whole parcel of little children and toddlers and babies in the womb about to be born in our church. And it's just these young people. And I think they keep looking at me like I'm some kind of leader or something. And all I know is that once upon a time, I was a, a body man, Keith Mechanic, a body man. And Jesus said, a lot of people can fix cars, Keith. I get somebody else to fix those wrecked cars, Keith. And that was really my choice. And you, you preach my word. A lot of people won't preach my word, can't preach my word, don't want to preach my word. I had none of that going on. And God said, preach my word. I got confirmation in that over and over and over. And at times you doubt those things. Even when there's there's the the, the light is revealed, we want to we want to dwell on you know what, what what's hidden, and 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 what's undisclosed, and 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 are these things really really real? Is this this Christianity thing really real? Or is church really important? Is is going to preaching really important? Consider Moses. Consider Jesus. Consider, you name it, Charles Spurgeon, D.L. Moody, John MacArthur. Is it worth it? Is this church thing worth it? Is it worth giving my time? Man, it is. Uh, we got to leave this life with uh, no regrets concerning our Christianity. So, uh, a word of encouragement. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Boy, do preachers ever talk to themselves about that verse. It keeps us going. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being here. Uh, 25 more years, Jeremy. I don't know if I'll be around or not. And none of us know, do we? Uh, but if I'm around, give me a shout, okay? <laughs> and I'll see if I recognize who you are <laughs> at that point. Can we pray together? Father, thank you for your great love for us. Uh, Lord, how uh, we are, we are just clay. And how you're at the potter's wheel fashioning the clay as you would have it to be. So uh, take our bodies of clay and just put pressure and uh, turn us and spin us uh, into your likeness, into your image. And uh, so we can honor you, so we can glorify you, so we can go and tell of your 
marvelous grace, how you've transformed our very lives. So I pray a blessing on this church family. I pray you'll, Lord, be gracious and good to them, and I know you have. So we give you thanksgiving and praise and honor and glory that we love to speak about the goodness of our God. So we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.